Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time here in our studio at Crossway Church. We're excited to be with you today. Hope you get your Bibles and follow along with us. And if you live anywhere in this region, we'd love to have you here. we got plenty of room for you. Uh, we've gone through the entire book of Galatians, the entire book of Ephesians. Now we're going through uh, 1 Timothy, and then we'll go through 2 Timothy. So I encourage you to... Uh, Join us if you're off on Friday mornings for whatever reason. Just come by for an hour and we'll get in the Word and let the Lord teach us. And we, we can grow in His knowledge and His grace. And I promise you, you will learn in this setting. It's a classroom setting is what it is. And, and we're just, uh, I mean, if you have a question, you can ask a question. It's not really a preaching session, it's a teaching session. So bring your Bibles, your paper, and your coffee, and come on Friday mornings. We'll be ready to uh, get after it about 9 o'clock. And uh, don't forget that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There uh, you can find all sorts of teachings and preachings and worship services, the music and everything. So uh, praise the Lord for all the avenues that we have today to publish the Word of God out to the world. And, and I thank God for all of you who have found us and the Lord directed you uh, to this path. And we've connected and you're praying for us and you're sowing financially into good ground that you found Amen. that's preaching nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Amen. our church at Crossway Church has this attitude. Woe is me if we do not preach the gospel. Amen. Woe is me Amen. if I do not preach the gospel. We, we have stepped in 14, almost 15 years ago. It will be in August. Uh, stepped into the calling of God on our lives, the true calling of God on our lives, which is to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everything else that happens falls out of that being experienced. And so, and, and our attitude is we don't have anything to glory about except the cross of Christ. And, and, and we literally think this way. Woe is all of us mm -hmm. if we don't preach the gospel and therefore we preach the gospel. Yeah. We don't just use that scripture to sound spiritual and to look good. And we, we, we literally have received this necessity placed upon us by the Lord. And I believe the whole church has, but most, most of us ran from it for years. But thanks be to God, today's a different day. And uh, that's where we are. So 1 Timothy Chapter 1, I will start in verse 17 today, and I think that we will make it through the rest of this chapter, verses 17 through 20 today, and uh, there's there's some good things here to be uh, seen, to be brought out, and, and we're just going to ask the Lord before we begin to give us the daily bread that we need, for I know He desires in a greater manner to give us what we need in a greater manner than we could even desire to have it. God wants us to have something today that we desperately need. So let's ask him for that this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today Amen. with your word before us, your thank spirit you, within Amen. us. And Lord, your desires yes. having been placed in our hearts, we ask for that daily bread, yes. for that wisdom, for that word that brings the hearing of faith today that we might be exhorted, edified, comforted, strengthened, Lord, and set in the right direction. We just pray for what you desire to do 
to take place in our hearts today, and we thank you for it. We give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, we're going to start here in verse 17, where Paul, uh, he's been talking to Timothy uh, about his salvation experience, his born-again experience, and how that uh, he received mercy because his unbelief had been done in ignorance. And, and really, we need to always stop and, and uh, consider why this letter, why, why you're reading what you're reading in the Word was written. Why, why was it written? You don't just need to wake up every day and just read one verse. That won't work. That won't work. You, that verse is tied to the previous yeah. verses, and that right. verse is tied to the oncoming verses because yeah. it's written in letter form. Mm -hmm. You can't just wake up every day and start all over with a brand new verse all by itself without remembering what you've read and what you're, it all flows together. You yes. can't just wake up every day with one verse like the world just started, and that one verse, you can just use it for whatever you want to. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And the church has done that for centuries. Every word is tied to all the Word of God. Yes. And some word that you may be struggling with in God's Word is only going to be explained by another part of God's Word. Not yeah. some preacher, not some opinion, but whatever scripture we're struggling with, God's going to use another scripture to shine the light on that which seems to be dim to you to turn it on for you. Mm -hmm. Never forget that. God uses truth to reveal truth. Yes. Yeah. Amen. He had to send His Son, who is true, to reveal truth. Yes. And so we need to never forget that. So uh, Paul, he, this letter was written to Timothy and the people of Ephesus and the people of Queen City, Texas, and the people who are the church from the beginning of the church until now. Yes. Everybody, not just the folks in Ephesus. Right. And 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 the the church there was struggling. They had people among them who was trying to carry the people back toward the the, the Jewish law, and that's not where we're to go. We're right. not to uh, the only the way we recognize anything under the old covenant is that it was fulfilled and carried out by Jesus Christ. That we don't go back and build a temple and, and, and spend money on all the things that was in the temple uh, and, and go through those motions, rites, rituals, and ceremonies thinking that God's going to do something greater for us. He's not. Those are types and shadows. And if we go back under types and shadows instead of walking in the light where he walks, 1 John 1, 7 through 9, then we're, then we're only going to experience that which they experience under the old covenant even though we have the Spirit of God. And how sad that is. It's okay to talk about those things. It's okay to look at those things as long as we're getting a bigger picture of Christ and a greater trust in what he did for us at Calvary when we're discussing those things of the Old Covenant. So Paul writes to Timothy because he's a young minister, an evangelist, pastor. He's been left there by Paul. This has been revealed to us in the earlier part of this first chapter. Uh, Paul tells him he left him there in Ephesus, and, and then he tells him why, to guard against false doctrine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ministers today, they, they've 
pretty much for the most part stopped doing that, guarding against false doctrine. We got churches in every town in America that'll say just whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. We even let people get in our pulpits that don't believe like we do. God forbid, if they don't know to point people using God's word to the cross, Amen. they don't need to be there. Right. So how am I going to know that? I need to know that before they show up and want right. to get in the pulpit. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we, we, we can't do it in the name of friendship, in the name of fellowship, in the name of, of ministry, in the name we got well, listen, we got to guard the sheep. That's right. We got to contend for the faith. Paul's doing that by writing this letter to Timothy mm -hmm. because he wants him to know, remind him why I left you there, because there's men there who teaching That's the right. wrong thing. They're always folk going to teach the wrong thing, even the folks who think they're teaching the right thing, and they mean good, but if, if you don't know what good is, you can't teach good. That's right. right. Amen. I mean, so it's, it's not, yeah. God's not going to condemn you because you're wrong, but but he, he can't use you if you're wrong. That's right. Yes. And he don't want, he don't want us uh, let yeah. he don't, he, God does not want us inviting people to minister in our churches that's not going to open the Bible and point people to Calvary. That's right. Not, he, he don't want that. That's and right. if we that's want right. that in spite of what we know God doesn't want, are we deceived to think God does want that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is deception. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to experience the fallout of the corruption of the flesh. That's right. Because whatever we sow to, we will reap. Yeah. So he's writing this letter. He's reminding Timothy why he left him there. He's, he's, he's telling him some things. And even when you get over, when we get into chapter 2 next week, he's going to start even giving him more instruction. And I need to say something about that before we dig in this morning. Paul the Apostle, all the Apostles were chosen by Christ. Mm -hmm. They had equal authority as the prophets of the Old Covenant. Mm -hmm. They spoke on behalf of God. Their words are the words of God. Mm -hmm. They were written. Uh, that, that's, that's really the only thing that's changed after the cross. Now, I know somebody needs to hear this this morning. Right. The only thing that's changed after the cross in the church is that there are no longer apostles with the authority to write the Word of God. Right, right. There are right. apostles, there are prophets. Yeah. But the apostles of Jesus Christ, chosen by Jesus Christ himself to speak on his behalf, to write what yeah. they saw, yeah. what they were told by him. That's right. There are no more of them. That's right. That's right. That's the only change. Mm -hmm. the, the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit that took place in, in the early church, that's for everything is still for today. Except the apostles, and there are apostles and prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, but there are no apostles who are now receiving what they call a fresh word today that's not written in the that's Bible. Right. That is right. not happening. Absolutely. And when you're following yeah. people who's following that thought, you're not walking with Christ. It's, you're not walking with Christ. Right. You're walking with men. And that's all you're walking with. Because when you go outside the Bible, you go outside yeah. of God. For in the beginning was the Word, the Word right. was with God, and the Word was God. So Amen. when we rip things out of the Bible, like a pastor did in Texarkana, said he ripped some things out of Romans, uh, book of Romans, he said Paul really didn't have what we have. Mm -hmm. uh, today didn't understand fully what we understand today, mm -hmm. and when you do that, you're you're, you're taking oh. God's words yeah. that He entrusted 
Paul said with authority, if any man, even an angel from heaven, come and preach any other doctrine, any other gospel than what I've preached, what I've preached, let them be accursed. Right. All men will be judged according to my gospel. Mm -hmm. All men. Now that's authority right there. Mm -hmm. So when Paul's writing to Timothy, he's writing from that apostolic authority yeah. chosen by Christ, speaks on Christ's behalf, yeah. and that's why he, when he opens up letters, he says, grace and peace from God our Father mm -hmm. and His Son, yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, there's nothing wrong with you and I saying that today, but he had the authority of Christ for it to be written and considered God speaking That's through right. him, offering yes. those that would read the word of God later right. to, to know that God wants us to have multiplied grace and mercy. Right. You understand that? I'm yeah. trying to get us to see something this morning. The call of Paul yeah. was an apostolic, authoritative call. Yes. Equivalent mm -hmm. to the prophets of old, heard from God. Yes. Even greater, I believe, because yeah. they they yeah. only spoke that which right. was to come. They only spoke that which they yeah. didn't. Peter said they didn't even understand. Mm -hmm. They they wanted it, but it, and Peter writes that they, what they ministered, they ministered ministered it for us. Mm -hmm. But Paul comes with authority straight from Christ, yeah. the words of Christ, the revelation of the cross, the instruction for the church to function as it still should be functioning today. Mm -hmm. The new age and, the, and, and, and all this thing, well, that was then. No, that was the Word of God, remains yes, to be sir. the Word of God. And when you begin yes, to try sir. to change the Word of God, yes, as sir. some of these new translations are very well mm -hmm. attempting to do, they're really trying to change God. Yeah. And God says, I do not change. That's right. That's I sent right. my Son to change you. Yeah. I gave you my Word to change you. You right. can't change me. I'm not changing. He's Amen. eternal, and He's not changing. Amen. And so we need to remember that. So when we read anything in the Bible, mm -hmm. we need to look at it as the authority, the very words of God. Yes. There is a people today who tremble at the word of God. Yes. God says he's exalted his word above his own name. Yeah. Mm. What are we doing with the word of God? What are we doing with God's Word? Mm -hmm. Do we read it and walk away saying, well, I know I should be like doing that, but I'm not. And, you know, no, there's no trembling in that. Mm -hmm. Trembling at God's Word brings a broken heart yes, and a repentant. Right. I'm not talking about tears. Yeah. Uh, tears are fine. That's good. Praise God for them, and they're going to happen. But I'm not talking about crying for a few minutes and then continuing on in your mess. Right. thinking that that was repentance. I'm talking about a broken heart. God fixed me. God helped me look into the cross of Christ and coming back to a place of obedience in His eyes so that I can be led by the Spirit to carry out right now in my condition obedience to His Word. Amen. Amen. And we're blessed. Amen. We have God's Word. Amen. But He turns and He begins to speak uh, toward God the praises of God because uh, Lord knows Timothy's going through it there in Ephesus with people yeah. trying to, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah. try to, you know, Paul would even have to tell him, don't despise 
your youth, you know, in, in different things he would have to tell him, you know, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Why is the Lord through Paul trying to remind Timothy of these things? Because he's going through it there, yeah. just like we do. Yeah. Preaching the cross. If you're preaching the gospel and not moving from that path, the only path God's offered, and you quit, and you stop making excuses as to why you're you're not preaching nothing but the cross, uh, you're going to get hammered. Yeah. You're going to get hammered. They're going to talk about you. They're going to make every they're going to tell you you're preaching the cross as a law. They're going to make up all kind of stuff because they're convicted and they just won't humble themselves that's and right. repent. Yes, that's right. So right here, Paul knows, God knows that Timothy is going through this. He, he hears it and he writes him a letter. But in verse 17, he says, Now unto the King eternal. See, this is what we need instruction of the Lord on how to function. And when we're in the thick of it, man, I need instruction. I need to know which way to go. God's going to send a word for me. And then, then I'm going to be reminded by the Lord through somebody or something in the Word. Somebody, He's going to send somebody. And, 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 and they're going to remind me that I just need to praise God. The one I'm serving is greater than this mess I'm in. Yes, yep. And he's always going to remind me of Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Uh -huh. Because the cross appeared like, well, that's it. It's over. Mm. He's defeated. Mm. He finally ran out of all that power he had. No, by that same power that he worked all his miracles, he was working the greatest one of all yeah. when he was humbled and obedient unto death. That was the power of God that saved us all. Yeah. And, it, and, and he was defeating all principalities and powers. But, but we're going to, all we got to do is look to Calvary. And if we really see it, instead of, instead of it just being words we say, if we really look to Calvary and see what Jesus did, we're going to begin to praise God. Yeah. Right in the midst of anything horrible, anything painful, mm -hmm. anything somebody's saying and doing, in the midst of uh, when you actually see how backslidden 99.999999% of the church is, and people say, well, that's just an ugly comment. Y'all think you're the only ones right. That's what they said about Paul. But yeah. Paul didn't think he was the only one right. Yeah. He was the only one that was right on many occasions. <laughs> yeah. And today, the only ones who are walking in that status of being upright are those who carry the cross. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Not those who say the word cross, those That's who right. open the word yes, and sir. allow the Holy Spirit to yes, expound sir. Christ. Yes. That's who we're learning, right? Yes. Christ. Yes. We're learning Christ. Mm -hmm. We're not just learning words in the Bible. We're learning the living word, Christ. Yes. So Paul here, he begins to say, now unto the King eternal, Immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. In spite of all this, he says, in spite of all that's going on, I remember how God saved me, gave me mercy, was merciful unto me. Even in spite of me, he showed up and saved me. And now I'm just going to praise him. Now to the King eternal. Our King, our God is eternal. He had no beginning. He has no end. We had a beginning, yeah. but, but we don't have an end. God brought us in to the middle of His plan. That's good, isn't it? Isn't that good news to know that this God, this God who is eternal brought you in to His plan? He is eternal. And He created you as an eternal being. You will never, ever not exist. Every person was created in God's image 
And listen to me, you will exist somewhere forever and ever where uh, absent from his presence in the lake of fire and torment in utter darkness or you will be with him because you've trusted the work his son did for you at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins and you will be with him forever. That's good news. Amen. The Bible says the glory of who he is when he comes, he is going to be revealed in us and he's going to be admired by us and by all that see him. I'm telling you, that's why Paul can write in Romans chapter 8 that all the sufferings of this world, no matter how great they are, and they can be awful, they're not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. That glory of Christ, when it is revealed, is going to make us literally lose our memory of all suffering. Mm -hmm. Well, how can you forget these horrible things? A question like that lets us know that we don't have a clue about the glory that's going to be revealed. Yes. I'm telling you, the glory of Christ, when it is revealed, that which we've had this whole time we've been Christians, when what we have is really revealed fully to us and to everybody else, it's going to be so overwhelmingly good and marvelous that we're not even going to have a even a memory of anything bad. The Bible says there's no remembrance of the wicked. That means the wicked things you've done, the wicked things that's been done to you, there will be no remembrance of the wicked. And this glory is going to be revealed. I'm telling you, He created you to be with Him forever. Amen. We blew that when we gave our inheritance away, our authority away to the devil, and, and we gave Him that power over us, but he's, God sent His Son. And Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that. And as we trust in him and his work on the cross, we're reconciled back to God, back in that place that we need to be with him. That's why the sinner, come home. All you sinners, come home. Where's home? It's with God. He created us to be with Him, to be with Him forever. We blew it, but He still came for us and reconciled us through the blood. Yes. He is our King eternal. He is our King immortal. He is an immortal being. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people talk about they believe God the Father's uh, this and got a body and all that. And I believe, I, I, I don't much go that direction. The Bible says God's a spirit and no man can see him. Mm -hmm. God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And I know that some preachers, and that's fine, I don't totally disagree, but I don't go that direction. I'll say that. I'm not comfortable because I think it just becomes thoughts and opinions, and I'm not comfortable with my own uh, thoughts and opinions, much less anybody else's. And, uh, you know, God had to become a man so we could know God. I mean, all the Old Testament saints, they were scared, scared of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we don't have to, we need to have a fear of God, a healthy, proper fear, but we, we're not scared of God. They were scared of God under the Old Covenant. Mm -hmm. When he was speaking to them on, on the Mount Sinai, they were running, oh, get us out of here. We don't want to hear from God anymore. Mm -hmm. he, the Bible says Moses even quaked, it feared exceedingly. Mm -hmm. But that's not us today. But I, this God is immortal. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's, he, the Bible says he's not a man, that he should lie. Mm -hmm. Now, he became a man, mm -hmm. but God is not a man. He's God, and God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. 
He's also invisible. Mm -hmm. Well, that right there ought to tell you something. Mm -hmm. He's invisible. To, 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 and the only reason that we can uh, try to put God on something called like a throne somewhere, he, he uses words, all the words he uses with us among men. Is, is just so we can a little bit fathom this God. Well, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. To use words like throne and to set up kingdoms on this earth like David and to have a literal throne which really speaks of authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, kings, they did have thrones that they would sit on and bring forth judgment and everything. Mm -hmm. And God may have that. He, he, I believe he, he does have that because Revelation talks about the one who sits on the throne. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, that speaks of his authority. The one on the throne has all authority. Mm -hmm. All yeah. authority. Right. But he's invisible. Mm -hmm. But now, that probably speaks of, on the earth, he's invisible to us. Yes. In heaven, there's a whole new That's eyesight. Right. That's right. So we have to be careful because a lot of things we hear just thoughts and opinions and if we don't have scripture to back it up, and I mean scripture that right out says it. Yeah. Not scripture that, well, that could mean that that's where our opinions come in. Yeah. So we have, it don't matter if we don't know. That's right. We know there's a God, we know he yeah, loves right. us, he sent his son right. in the likeness of sinful flesh yeah. to deliver us from the flesh mm -hmm. and sin. Mm-hmm. And through Him, we know God. Through Jesus, we get to God. Mm -hmm. And there may be a Father with a spirit body. Yeah. But I know this. Whatever's there, we're going to get to know it. Yes, sir. Him. Not That's it. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's the only wise God. Mm -hmm. He's the only God. Yes, that's it. Now, Paul, Paul writes this and says the only wise God uh -huh. because men have made up millions of gods. Yes, sir. But there is no wisdom from heaven outside of this God. That's right. The God of the Bible, the God who created all things, the God who formed us of dirt, mm -hmm. breathed into us, and we became people created in his image. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I mean, I do know why the, the world runs away from uh, the, the word of God just because they're lost and deceived. But they, man, Oh, it's so simple to start reading the Bible and to see we fell into sin and to look around and see that's really all we can do is mess everything up. Yeah. I uh, recently watched a, a special on George Washington uh, about how all that came about, how he grew up and how he got into office and how he the whole spiel about he went through this war and that war and became this general and became this and, and became the president eventually and then died. I saw the, 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 the whole story of him uh, there. And, it, and, and while I watched that, I just sat there and thought, all the world has ever done is go from one battle to another. Yeah. That's all the world is there. And still, there's nothing right. but wars. Right. Men are after what other men have. Right. They right. want his wife. They want his land. They want his nation. Mm -hmm. they, and if they, get, if they get to a position where they think they're powerful enough, they'll just take it. Yes, sir. I mean, we went from we went from uh, uh, the the Indians being here, and God only knows how they got here. 
and, and, and then the French showed up and started trying to wipe them out. And then the English showed up. Beautiful country. we got to have this, so we'll take it away from the French. And then some of the people that lived here in the Americas... Uh, it's just a, it's, man. It's just something how all that came about, and in, in, a, in, a, in a, a matter of years there, and then that we can still be here today with a government like we have today, with police and laws, and and we can live pretty much in most parts of the nation peace. It, it's a God thing that that can happen yeah. because. Most nations are still just, I mean, there, there's, there's everything evil going on in America, too. Yeah. But there is a constitution, there was a declaration of independence, there's the, all these things, and, and, and I know there's still slavery, but not like it was. Right. And, and, and it's just amazing how God has brought things to pass like he does. Because without his intervention, right. we would all kill each other. There yeah. wouldn't be one of us left. Right. We're doing that in the church. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, think about the Christians who go to church today and the preacher's not preaching out of the Bible where they think he ought to be preaching. Mm -hmm. Like they're the pastor. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I ain't going there. He ain't preaching out of the Bible where I think he ought to be preaching. Well, I, I, I mean, we're just messed up bunch of people. Yes. Without the Lord's intervention, and that's the very reason He gave us His Spirit. Mm -hmm. If He didn't give us His Spirit, we're going to kill each other. Mm. And most of the church is killing each other with His Spirit. Mm. Amen. I like what I recently heard. If God were to remove His Holy Spirit oh my goodness. from the church, from the world, He's not going to do that. But if He were to do imagine this. If God were to just take His Holy Spirit away, the church would keep on functioning just pretty much like it is right now because most of it's done after the flesh. Most of it's done after the flesh. It'd just keep right on rolling. Wouldn't be a whole lot of difference because most of it's done after the flesh. Where the faith is not in the cross, it's flesh. That's right. And the church has left the cross. It's moved on beyond the cross. Oh, they say they still believe in it, and they do for what got them in 40 years ago, but they're not trusting in that today. They're trusting in a dream catcher or playing uh, some radio Christian music in their house 24-7 like that's going to drive devils away, or they're trusting in that book that tells them to do these three things, and then God will deliver us. And all these things we're trusting in instead of the very work of righteousness Christ performed by dying for us. Mm. And without that, the Holy Spirit can't lead us. That's right. Can't teach us. That's right. So think about that. That's right. Our God is the only wise God. Yes, sir. James chapter 3, I'll just let you make a note of it. James chapter 3 is where we see the difference between the wisdom that comes from heaven and the wisdom that's of the world. There are two different wisdoms. Might I ask you today... Which wisdom are you drawing from? Because the preaching of the cross, Christ and Him crucified, is the wisdom. It is, we always hear, it's the power of God. But it's the only avenue of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's the only avenue of power. It's the only avenue of vision. It's the only avenue of wisdom. 
is the cross of Christ. Not just because you believed it 40 years ago and now you just have it. No, if today that's what you're trusting in and not that music you run to when you're having a crisis, not that a hamburger you run to. Some folks get in trouble and they're going through a hard time. They think they just got to start eating a bunch of food. Or they just won't eat for five days. Or, or they, they go back to that cigarette. Or the, what are you trusting in today? Is it simply Christ and what He accomplished for you at Calvary? Some Christians think if they didn't have a church to go to, they just wouldn't make it. If I just didn't... If you've got Christ and your faith is in what he did at Calvary, i got good news. You're going to make it. And you're going to do more than barely get by. His grace is going to exceed in your life and in your ministry. Think about this. He begins to praise God here. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. He gets a little excited there when he's writing to mm -hmm. Timothy. When he, when he, when he, but when does he do that? Look at the first verse. I mean, the verse right before that. Mm -hmm. or, or verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life eternal. I believe he laid his pen down right there and said, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for your mercy, Lord. I believe he had a little praise party, and what came out in praise, he picked his pen up and started writing it again. Mm -hmm. Now unto the King eternal, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Immortal you are, God. Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And then he gets right back into commanding Timothy. See, mm -hmm. and here we see the authority again. I've been on that. I've said something about that the last two times I've ministered. And we need to remember that. He gets back to his apostolic authority. I charge you. I, I, I commit. And that word charge means to command. I command. This command I commit unto you, son Timothy. Now, he wasn't Paul's biological son. Mm -mm. And more than likely, Timothy was saved before he ever knew Paul because Paul talks about how Timothy, his mother and grandmother, had been Christians uh -huh. and that the Scriptures had made him wise uh -huh. from a child right. unto salvation. So it, maybe it was Paul at an earlier time in his life. I don't know that. But, he, but he's his son in the Lord. He's his son in ministry with him. He's his son. Listen, this is what makes fathers and sons in ministry. And, and we run from that because we use that wrongly in times past. But there are fathers and sons in the ministry as long as they're in the faith. That means their faith is in Christ and Him crucified. They're preaching the Word of God in that context. And there are fathers and sons in the Lord. And he says, this command I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you that you by them might war a good warfare. Now, now look at verse 19, and we got to say something. We gotta, we've got to start verse 19 just with the first two words before we talk about verse 18. 
Let's, let's read verse 18 again and then the first two words of verse 19. Mm -hmm. This charge, this command I commit unto you, mm -hmm. son Timothy, mm -hmm. according to the prophecies which went before on you that you by them mightest war a good warfare. Mm -hmm. Holding faith. Holding faith. See, now let me say something here this morning that will help you out tremendously. Mm -hmm. There are prophets in the church today. Now, 99.9999% of what is what, what is a biblical prophet is being abused today. It's out of order. When you see the word prophet, you see the word prophecy, it must always be tied to Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. always be tied to Jesus and the plan of God through him, yep. which means faith in the cross yep. alone. Yep. Revelation 19.10 confirms that. Mm -hmm. That the spirit of prophecy, the, spi the very spirit of prophecy, the way the Holy Spirit uses prophecy, listen, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That's right. That's right. So when Paul tells him yeah, I'm, I'm commanding I, I, this commandment I'm, I'm committing unto you son Timothy according to the prophecies which, which went before on you that you by them by the prophecies might war a good warfare mm -hmm. holding faith his 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 warring, his, his warring a good warfare is based on him holding faith which is according to the prophecies he's received. And when you're talking about holding faith, you're talking about holding God's Word. Because faith only comes by hearing God's Word. Right. Not just some somebody prophesied to you. It's got to be tied to God's Word. This is helping somebody. It'll pull you out of a big mess. It'll pull you out of a big mess. Faith cannot come outside the Word of God. That's right. Amen. So the prophecies he received were according to the Word of God, whether it was some yeah. Old Testament, yeah. uh, something that the Holy Spirit used for, uh, spoke through somebody concerning what's for us and our calling now under the New Covenant, or it was the very words of God from a prophet in the New Covenant, mm -hmm. someone under the New Covenant who's following the Holy Spirit's leading in truth. Because remember, for prophecy to be correct, it must pertain to Christ and the call of Christ into ministry or the function of Christ in our lives in ministry. And, and, and that's one of the first two words in 19, help us. Holding faith. Holding the faith. See, prophecy must be tied to the Word. It can't just be so. And the prophecies that are going out, there's churches in every town in America. There's one not too far from here. Every person that comes to church on Sunday, the preacher's going to give them a personal word. He's going to prophesy to them. He's going to tell them something that's coming in their life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Preacher ain't called to get up in your business. He's called to preach the gospel. And all this stuff that's out there that's going on like that, that is... Is to, and, and, and there are other spirits that can speak into your life and tell you things to come. Right. Mm 
There are other spirits in the church today and all that is about making a living financially, getting money out of you. And man, if I can come into a church and read four or five people's mail and, may, and I mean just read their mail and just make everybody know, go, wow! Well, I mean, prophecy ain't about reading my mail. Prophecy is about exposing Christ to me mm -hmm. and His will for me. And we see that's what's happening. Paul says, This command I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according, that's a command, mm -hmm. according to the prophecies which went forth beforehand on you, that you by them, by the prophecies that went forth before on you concerning you, might war good warfare. Mm -hmm. Holding faith. Remember, the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. It was written in letter form. So there wasn't a skip in here. And we see there's just a semicolon there. And it says that by them, by the prophecies that went before on you, you might war good warfare, holding faith. Mm -hmm. Holding those words that mm -hmm. came forth. Mm -hmm. Holding those words that expressed Christ to you, that expressed Christ's will for you. Prophecy is always going to be attached to God's Word. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said the Word is about Him. The Scriptures are about Him. So whether it's a call into, in, into Christ through the gospel preached initial salvation, or it's da the daily call that we walk in in sanctification through faith in the cross, or it's our daily specific ministries that we all have mm -hmm. that we're called. It's still going to be about to express Christ through the preaching of the gospel. Yes, Amen. That's right. That's right. Somebody walks up to you and tells you God's calling you to Germany. Mm -hmm. If God's been dealing with you about that, you'll know it. A lot of people have packed up and moved to Germany because somebody was trying to act like a prophet. Guy showed up in our church probably eight years ago one Sunday morning. He said, hello, Pastor Hutchinson. God's uh, sent me to here to your church. God told me to come here and learn the cross, learn the message of the cross. He says, I'm a prophet. And when people have told me that through the years, I just say, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm Pastor Curtis, glad to have you. And I just, yeah, I'm not going to say, you know, no, you aren't. No, I'm just going to preach the Word of God as yeah. the message. And hey, they were there for about two or three weeks. And I guess he thought he learned the message of the cross and went on about his way. Never heard from him again, still haven't. And uh, he didn't really, I, did, I guess he didn't want it or, or other things got more important. I don't really know. But, uh, you know, every person that's ever walked up to me and told me they were a prophet or they were recognized that I've ever known, I'll have to add that, that I've ever known that people claimed were a prophet. They were misusing the gift. They were abusing and exploiting God's people with the gift. And it might not have been even been, uh, uh, well, it wasn't the ones I've known. It wasn't even the Spirit of God leading them to do what they were doing. And, but that's right there. It's what the flesh is after. Yes. I just, uh, I just need a personal word. I just mm -hmm. need somebody to tell me, am I ever going to have a husband? Am I ever going to get a wife? Am I ever going to get out of this? But well, you need to look to Calvary, not a man. Yeah. If a man comes to you and doesn't point you to the cross, you, you, that was the devil sent that man to you. Yes, sir. I don't care how much Bible he used. If he didn't point you to Calvary, God didn't send him. God's going to send somebody to you with God's testimony. 
And the testimony of God is His Son, Jesus That's Christ, right. and what He did at Calvary. That's right. So, so I, I know that helps somebody this morning because the church is running rampant on ignorance. We, we don't understand the Word. We, we don't know the Word. We got caught up in, in, a, in a big hyped up uh, something called the move of God. We stamped God on it, and they told me even, if you ever come to our church, brother, you, you won't ever go back to yours once you come here and feel what we got going on. And I'm like, I have no, I have... Listen, I have no doubt what they got going on there is real. It just really ain't God. Because those other spirits, there's feelings with those too. That's right. That's alarming. Oh yeah, and and, and 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 I have no doubt about it that a lot of people that sit in cross preaching churches week after week could actually let something happen and cause them to leave and go to one of those churches and be so seduced they're not preaching the message of the cross. They might even say they are, but they're not preaching God's word in that light. <clears throat> but because they feel something, I've told that story time after time through the years. There was a Muslim guy in the church I used to go to. For weeks, we all had tears running down our cheeks, even the Muslim. Hands lifted, even the Muslim. We just assumed ugly word. Ugly word, assume. You hear me, preacher? We don't assume our people have their faith in the cross. We open God's word and point them there. Amen. We don't assume. Uh -huh. Think about that. Weeks, and he finally approached me one day and said, you know, our Koran is just like your Bible, Brother Curtis. And I said, okay, I'd like to talk to you about that. And one day he came, we talked two and a half hours, and his final words to me on the way out of the office was, I just can't call Jesus Lord. I can't make Jesus God. Mm. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know our Bible is not like your Koran. But he's in the congregation. His hands are lifted. His tears are flowing down his eyes. After our meeting, he never came back. See, if the gospel had been being preached in that church, he'd have left when he first got there or he would have gotten saved. One of the two, he wouldn't have stood out there and kept... Uh, uh, he wasn't worshiping Jehovah. He wasn't worshiping the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. He was worshiping Allah in a Christian church. How could he stand there and do that? Because there was no gospel ministered there. Church was full of saved people. We thought, we just assumed... Yeah. Come on now. Amen. Uh. So holding faith. Let's let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Holding faith. Mm -hmm. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, watch this, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now these are Christians. These are not lost people. Mm -hmm. Hymenius, however you say his name, and Alexander, mm -hmm. they were saved people. They were in the church. Now, I know some people probably say, well, they were in church and they wasn't saved. No. Why would Paul turn them over to Satan if they were already Satan's? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I want to show you something this morning. I hope the Lord can show it uh, to you beyond me just showing you what's written here, but uh, if you're holding faith and a good conscience, things are going to be proper. But he says, some 
have put away the concerning faith, their faith has been made shipwrecked. Mm -hmm. And when we stop holding faith, that means what, what are you holding when you're holding faith? Mm -hmm. What are you holding? Mm -hmm. How do you hold faith? Mm -hmm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh -huh. And Paul writes to the church in Galatia in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 3 and says the Spirit, the receiving of the Spirit, and even the working of miracles took place by the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. Not the works of the law, not the flesh. The Spirit was not received by us by anything we did. It was by us believing the message of the cross. That is written literally in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The hearing of faith comes by the preaching of the cross. Mm -hmm. God's Word in that context is the only righteous context. Outside of that, we're not holding God's Word properly. Uh, Romans 1.18 says, All who hold God's truth in unrighteousness means they're not pointing to, to the cross using God's Word. Mm -hmm. Because the cross is the only avenue through which righteousness comes. You might say, well, I disagree. It comes through God's Word because all God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. But Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. There's no righteousness outside of our faith in the cross, not initially for salvation, not daily to bear forth its fruits without faith in the cross. So when I'm holding faith, that means I'm holding God's Word in the context through which righteousness comes. And let me, let me give you something today. I hope you'd write this down. I hope you'd never forget this. And I've been saying it uh, for those of you that follow our ministry the last couple of messages. If there is ever faith, if, if, if there is ever faith, the manifestation of faith every time is righteousness. Righteousness is always the fruit of biblical faith. The fruit of the Spirit and the fruits of righteousness cannot be separated. There is no two different things there. If the Holy Spirit is allowed through us to bear fruit, that is the fruits of righteousness. Think about that. And there is no fruits of righteousness if we're not holding God's Word in a righteous context, which means our faith never leaves the cross of Christ. And therefore, in God's eyes, we remain in a place He calls obedient to the truth. Back to Galatians 3, 1 through 3. Read it. We're only obeying the truth, if not because we're doing what the Bible tells us to do, Lots of folks are, are, are doing that. Jesus said at the great white throne judgment, they'll call him Lord and they'll say, didn't we do what you told us to do? Didn't we do many wonderful works in your name, cast out devils in your name, prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I don't know who you are. Obedience in the eyes of God is when our our 
Our heart is trusting in. It's called faith, believing in Christ and what He did, that righteous work at Calvary. Then and only then does God consider us obedient, and then and only then can the Holy Spirit begin to teach us and lead us into all truth, and that obedience is only real to God if we are obedient in the eyes of God. And in our, our position, we're obedient. But what are we in our condition? Let me say this. If you're a Christian, you're just in the eyes of God. You've been cleaned from the, from the slate of guilt, shame, and fear, and all that stuff. You've been forgiven of your sins, and you're justified. Yes. But is the path you're on now, is the fruit in your life justified by God as biblical righteous fruit? Mm -hmm. That's a good question to ask. Mm -hmm. Because just because it's good deeds and just because it's things the Bible says to do doesn't mean God is in it or honoring it. Mm -hmm. How many of you know what the book of Revelation says church in Ephesus was doing good things? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're doing this, that's good. You're doing this, that's good. That's right. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But he says you've fallen from your first love. Uh -huh. And if you don't get back, repent and get back to where, where you've fallen from, I will remove your light. Uh -huh. So just because, listen, they had fallen from the place from obedience in God's eyes. As I said earlier, if God were to take his spirit away from us, a lot of what's going on today in the church would just keep going on because it's just us doing that which we know to do. But there's a difference between that and what God is actually doing. He works through people who hold faith, which is a people who's holding dear to His Word in its righteous context, which always points to the righteous one and His righteous work at Calvary. Yes. Come on now. Amen, that's right. So I also want to point out, we don't have but about six, seven minutes left, that the Bible here refers to Hymenius and Alexander as blasphemers, blasphemers, mm -hmm. because they stopped holding mm -hmm. to faith and a good conscience. Mm -hmm. and, and there's more that could be said about them, and maybe we probably won't. Uh, you'll have to go check it out on your own because we're going to move on from this next week. But if if you're you talk, uh, this is what the Lord really is impressing on my heart that we that we hear today, that we know today, that we walk a with away with this today. That if we're going to hold faith, mm -hmm. then we're going to have to hold God's word mm -hmm. in the only context He's offered us His word. We're all in different places. But the Word can't be used. It, the Word of God will always point to the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary. And we're all in different situations. We're all at different growth levels. Some more mature in the faith than others who are more weaker in the faith. And the Bible bears that out, that it's not the faith that's a problem. It's a, We're either strong in the faith or growing in the faith or we're weak in the faith and, and we're, we're not holding faith as we should any longer. And listen, when you stop holding faith, mm. it's because something's going on with your conscience. Mm. You can only have a good conscience if your faith is in the blood. Mm -hmm. That's what gave you the good conscience you have as a Christian. 
We, we were delivered from an evil conscience. That evil conscience is, is the conscience that is overridden by other words rather than the Word of God. Think about that. If, if I'm hearing the Word of God and I'm not doing the Word of God, if, if me hearing the Word of God does not turn into the work of God by the power of the Holy Spirit through my faith in the cross, then there's something wrong with my conscience. James called it, James wrote it this way, don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Those just who hear the word and they don't do the word, he says they're deceiving their own selves. Mm -hmm. They're not holding faith. They may be talking the word of God, but they're not holding. The only place to hold faith is in the heart, not with your hands. You hold faith in the heart. You guard that faith. Yeah. You, 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 you're thankful for that faith you've been given. That measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, you've been given. But these men mm -hmm. turned away from the truth. Mm -hmm. Going back out to do whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. And listen, when people turn away from the message of the cross... It's always because they see something else that seems right to them. In two places in Proverbs, at least, it's written in Proverbs 14 and um, in chapter 14 and chapter 16, there's a verse in each of those chapters that tell us this. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. That means separation from God. Death is separation from God. Not talking about physical death. We're talking about separation from God. All death is separation. Yeah. Spiritual death is separation yeah. from... We were born in sins separated from yeah. God. Mm -hmm. The Bible calls the, <clears throat> the second death that eternal death mm -hmm. without ever again a chance to have life. After that second death, the Bible defines it as the lake of fire, those who are thrown into the lake of fire, those unbelievers who never accepted Christ, or they did, and then threw him away. Mm -hmm. Peter said that in 2 Peter 2 and 21, it is better that you never knew. And that word means perceive and understood. Mm -hmm. Better that you never knew the way of righteousness, the way of the cross of Christ, and to have and walk away from it, it's better that you never knew it mm -hmm. than to have known it and walk away from it. Oh, so, the lake of fire is for all who oh. never accepted Christ and those who did. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but they're still hung up on that damnable heresy, that false doctrine of once saved, always saved. And that's why much of the New Testament they can't understand because they're just going by, this is what my daddy believed, my granddaddy, my great-granddaddy. You better believe the Bible and let all those folks who missed it, not, not their, you better not let their missing it rub off on you and you miss it because you can throw it away. These men right here did. And Peter wouldn't have wrote that if it weren't possible. In 2 Peter 2 and 21, for those of you who missed it and want to go look at it, Holding faith is the only way you can have a good conscience. And if, you, and if you put faith away, the good conscience goes away. The good conscience and holding faith really go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. The only way yeah. you'll be able to hold faith is with that good conscience you were given when you were saved. Mm -hmm. And the only way you'll be able to keep that good conscience 
is if you hold that faith that you were given upon salvation, which is the measure of the faith of Jesus Christ, Galatians 2.20, when you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Those are two different things. You believed in Christ. You had faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And at that moment, you begin to live, Galatians 2.20, by the faith of Jesus Christ. What you and I really placed our faith in when we trusted Christ was what he was doing by grace through faith for us on the cross. Mm -hmm. And the moment you believed with your heart under righteousness, immediately you were given the measure of that faith. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you and I can hold faith is if it's that faith we're holding. The faith of the Son of God mm -hmm. that loved us and gave himself for us. And in that context, my friends, all the Bible will begin to make sense to you. Mm -hmm. And when you're attacked and things happen, you, instead of iniquity coming in and abounding, the love of God will be, be able to abound in your life because you will then have the proper knowledge to discern properly in every situation. And that's what we need in the church today yeah. is a better discernment. Yeah. But it only comes as our knowledge is right, the knowledge of the truth of God's Word, and the love of God is abounding in our hearts. Praise God. It's been a great session. We've made it through chapter 1. Next week we'll start 1 Timothy chapter 2. Hope you can be with us. We love you. God bless you. Don't forget to tune in to the... Uh, of the website, thecrosswaychurch.com and the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And you can text your giving to the ministry. And I thank God for those of you who are doing that to 903-231-5950. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll Amen. see you then. Amen. Well, that's... <laughs> Ooh, that's powerful, isn't it?